0: We stand for the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John, chapter 16. Jesus said, In that day you will no longer ask me anything I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to my Father. Then the disciples said, now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. You believe at last, Jesus answered, but a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered each to his own home. You will leave me all alone and yet I am not alone for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace because in this world you will have trouble. But take heart I have overcome the world. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Confident hope. Normally we talk about two things that are certain in life. What are they? Taxes and death. Okay. Well, today we're going to talk about two other things that as Christians we can be absolutely sure of. And it's both a bad news and a good news scenario, okay? Uh, Two things that are absolutely sure. First, the bad news. Jesus says in our text, he's talking to his disciples just before he is about to be arrested and and beaten and, and tried and killed. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. That's a promise, okay? It's something you can count on. Living on this side of heaven, it's something you can be absolutely... He didn't say, in this world, you you might have trouble, okay? He didn't say, in this world, you could have trouble. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. In fact, sometimes t- I think life ought to come with a list of side effects. Uh, there should be a tag on every newborn baby saying... Life is full of adventure and fun and excitement. You have so much to look forward to. But there are side effects. I don't have to tell you about some of them. There's illness. There's abuse. There's broken relationships. There's loss and sorrow. There's injury. There's disappointment. There's headaches. There's heartaches. There's crime. There's tornadoes. There's Rainstorms so you can't go swimming at your pool, right? (laughs) There's just always side effects with a big T for trouble. A national survey was commissioned asking people, if you only had one question to ask God, what would it be? Overwhelmingly, the response was, why? Why does God allow all this trouble Why does God allow suffering, not only in the world, but in my life? An interesting statistical quirk was that people who were married were much more likely to want to know why there is so much suffering in our world today. Now, I don't know why that is. (laughs) Why do we face this trouble that Jesus speaks of today? Because that question was asked of God thousands of years ago by people like Job. Or some of the Psalms ask that question. A partial answer comes from the Apostle Paul under the Holy Spirit in that great love chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. He says, On this side of heaven, now we live as like with a fog on a mirror. It's very dim. We don't have all the answers. Things are messy. Things are foggy we can't see far enough ahead to know what's going to happen but he says now we know in part but one day it'll be different one day we shall know in full one day our suffering will end one day we'll have those kinds of answers but in the meantime Jesus says in this world you're going to have what? you're gonna have trouble, you're gonna have tribulation now what kind of troubles do we face? First of all, there are troubles that simply come from living in a fallen and a sin-filled world. Uh, Things just aren't the way that they should be or that we would like them to be. Uh, Some of you studied or learned of the German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. And uh, Friedrich Nietzsche was the one who says that out of chaos always comes order. You know, he must not have owned a home. I, you know, I don't know about you, but whenever you think your house, think you have your house in order, what comes next? Chaos, right? Chaos. Uh, I, I've come to the conclusion that that my after forty years of home ownership, that a house is not your castle; it is your hassle. Okay. <laughs> in our broken world, things just don't work out. I mean, when it comes, whether it's your house or your car or even your own body, we're wearing out. We break down. And all of these troubles are simply because we live in a sin-filled world, fallen, broken. And it's been like that ever since our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned against God. Not only that, but there are troubles that we bring on to ourselves. Some have estimated that 95% of, Of the world's sufferings come from the sins of people, people like you and me. We do dumb things. We make foolish decisions. We disregard the counsel of wise people or friends or family members. And most of all, we disregard God's Word. We know what His will is. He's given it to us in what we call the Ten Commandments. But it seems like even though God looks out for us and gives us these guidelines for our lives, we oftentimes we don't listen. And we go our own way. We tune Him out. We, uh, we get involved in our own selfish, sinful lives. Then there is the trouble that, that Christians in particular endure another word for that is called tribulation and most believe that this is what Jesus is referring to when he says in this world you're gonna have trouble and that is trouble because of our association or our connection to God through Jesus Christ because when you connect yourself into to Jesus you're connecting not only yourself to his to his resurrection but you're also connecting to his death and the fact is the world did not like Jesus They persecuted him, they whipped him, they beat him, and finally they put him on a cross. And why should it be any different for us as his followers? The ways of the world are so different from the ways of Jesus. And when we trust in him and follow him, we're setting ourselves up for what the Bible calls tribulation. Because the world hates a just and righteous God, it is no surprise that we should have trouble. Now, Jesus knows what you're going through when you face trouble. Remember what the prophet Isaiah, looking forward to Christ, said that he is a man of sorrows. He is familiar with suffering. Hebrews talks about the fact that we have a high priest who is able to sympathize with all of our weaknesses, with all of our troubles, whom we can then approach because of that with confidence so that we may receive grace and mercy to, to, to help us in our time of need. Remember, Jesus says, you can cast all your anxieties on me. Why? I've been there, says Jesus, and I care for you. He says, call upon me, especially in the day of trouble. And I will deliver you, and you will honor me. So that's the first certainty in this world you will have trouble. But there's a second certainty here. Jesus goes on that in the midst of bad news, here's the good news. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Peace. He says, yeah, in the world you're going to have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Earlier Jesus says peace I leave with you my peace I give to you I do not give it to you as the world gives so don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid Peace It's a peace that we can't conjure up on our own It's a peace that you're not going to get with a certain amount of income or retirement funds or any or any vacation or any kind of relationship, even with another person. It's a peace that we can only get by God's grace in Jesus Christ. And it's not something that we can earn or deserve. It's something he says that I give to you. I give to you. And just as the peace is a peace that we cannot earn or deserve, that the world can't give to us, neither is it a peace that the world can take away from you. When you were baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God came into your life and established a relationship with you. It's a relationship that is today. It is peaceful. And no one can steal it away from you. Nothing, it says the Bible says, can ever separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ. No tribulation, no heartache, no headache. Nothing can ever pull you away from Him. What a comfort we have of the gospel. Now, some people would say, Pastor, let's get real. That's just happy talk. You're denying reality. But friends, this is not wishful thinking. In fact, Jesus proved it for us. Very, not just subjectively, but objectively, Jesus shows you how much he loves you and how much you can count on him. Because that's why we, have, we sit under the cross today. And every time we look at the cross, we we're reminded of God's promise. That just as he loved you enough to die for you on the cross, so he rose from the dead and he conquered your sin. And now it says that if you believe in him, you shall not perish. You'll have everlasting life. The Apostle Paul says at the end of of that glorious eighth chapter of Romans, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus is our peace. But you know, we we all have our monsters, don't we? I'm going to show you a video clip. This is from the This is from the movie called Monsters. And in this clip, Sully is a huge, furry, blue ogre who tries to console the little girl, Boo, so that she can go to sleep. But she's afraid that there might be monsters in her closet. So let's just see this. Are you sleepy? You want to sleep? Is that what you want? It leads you to ask the question, what are the the closets, the the monsters in your closet that you think are there, that you're afraid of? Uh, Is it something to do with your health? Is it something to do with a relationship, somebody in your family? Uh, Is it something that's at at your job, at your work? Or maybe it's it's just economic and you're afraid you're not going to have enough money to to support your family or to do what you want to do. Whatever that monster is that you face, just as Sully sat there with that little girl till she went to sleep, Jesus is with you. And he says, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. He says, says, yes, in this world you will have trouble, tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And Jesus is that peace then for us that passes understanding. So that we can know that even as we face the worst things in life, that nothing can ever pull you away from Him. He says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is our confidence. This is why we can have a, a confident hope for what we're going through right now, but also for what we face in the future. And what is more, we know that what we're facing now is is Very brief. It's very short in comparison to eternity. Because that's what faces us. We have eternal life to look for. We will join that white robe multitude who have come out of the great tribulation, the great troubles, and who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb in Revelation chapter 7. And to know that your name has been written in the book of life. What a comfort. What a confidence. You have a place reserved for you in the, in the heavenly Jerusalem, and that is guaranteed. In the meantime, what do we do? It was a few years ago already that I had a nephew that was married in northern Wisconsin the weekend after Christmas, okay? That's, uh, uh, you know, right at the end of December, beginning of January, and traveling to northern Wisconsin by car at that time of the year is risky. We were coming back from the wedding, and around Madison, Wisconsin, there was a tremendous ice fog that developed. And I mean, you couldn't see more than 10 or 15 feet. And I was on the interstate going south toward Illinois, and it was scary. I later learned that there was a 60-car pileup, okay, in that, in that same area. Well, I'm creeping along, and I didn't quite know what to do. I could barely see the white line on the, on the side of the street, of, of the road. And I knew that I didn't want to stop or pull over because what happens if you stop in something like that? Boom. Somebody's going to rear-end you, crash into you, maybe even a truck. That would be terrible. But as I'm white-knuckling it, looking at the white line on the side, here I see these big headlights. And they're pretty high, but then underneath it are a series of fog lights. And it was an 18-wheeler that obviously had done this before and he creeped around and passed me and then pulled back in my lane and I told my wife, I says, I'm following that truck I want to stay right so I could see those headlights because he was confident, he was sure about where he was going. Friends, there are days, there are gonna be days when life gets really foggy, when life is so uncertain and you don't know what's gonna happen and you don't have the answers and yet you hear from Jesus again. He says, yeah, you're going to have those days. You're going to have times of tribulation. But he says, be of good cheer. Buckle up. Strengthen up in me. Because I have overcome the world. And that is our hope. That is our confidence. And say so on this Memorial Day weekend, may we find confidence and strength and hope in Jesus has given us his peace. Amen? Amen. And so may the peace of God which passes our human tribulations, our human troubles, that passes all that stuff, even our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in him, in Jesus, unto life everlasting. Amen.